Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russell. Man, I had such a cool... Uh, I forgot to tell you guys about this um, yesterday. So when I was at the hearing at the house, um, I was walking. So every, like, 30 minutes, I would go to the library and library and practice my speech, which I had three minutes of content memorized. I had it memorized. Like, I didn't have to look at my page. And then it gets cut to two and then one, you know. But anyways, so I was trying to go to the library once every hour uh, and just do a couple read-throughs. Time myself, keep up on the memorization, make sure I'm hitting all the key points, right? And uh, I'm coming out of the library and this lady, she uh, she had this little, little gray dog. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, can I pet your dog or is it a service dog and I want to impose? And she's like, no, no, no. She's like, actually, I was about to call you over. And I'm like, oh, nice. Uh, what's up? <laughs> and she's like, uh, she's like, is it okay if I just pray over you? I'm just getting a word about you. And whenever I hear that, I get suspicious immediately. You know what I mean? <clears throat> these people that get these words, you know, they try, they, they LARPing as fortune tellers, you know? Uh, but anyways, this was pretty cool. So I go over and uh, she's like, I'm getting... Uh, She's like, I know it's not your name, and but she's like, I'm getting Joshua, Joshua from the Bible, and I was, dude, maybe 30 minutes before this, I was reading Joshua uh, 1, 7 through 9, basically where God is telling Joshua, follow my commandments, I'm going to make everything happen for you the way it's supposed to happen, and be a man, essentially. Take courage, don't have fear, be a man, stand firm. I was just reading that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I was just reading that. She's like, and um, she's like, you're a business owner. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, God is bringing you a whole bunch of new business very, very soon. You're going to be very, very busy. But he's also bringing you another great employee, somebody that you're going to be able to trust, which I've already got great partners and a great team. But we could use, could use another great partner always for expansion. <laughs> And I've got a couple of, she said either an employee or a partner, and I've got a couple of partnership deals for our staffing company on the table right now. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is wild, right? And then she's like, for those of you that know what I've been dealing with for the you know better half of the past two years, um, she's like, what you, you've been under attack, and I want to let you know that the victory is already won. You just need to keep doing the right things. <clears throat> She said, keep your composure, but the victory's already won. It's going to be handled. And I'm like, God, like, and then she started praying for me. And she's, she's praying for me, and I was crying. I, 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 and it takes a lot for me to cry in public, man. That, that, that doesn't happen. And, uh, I, dude, it was wild. And, of course, you know what her name was? Angel. I'm like, of course your name is Angel. You little weirdo <laughs> out here prophesying. You know, but uh, it was it was very very cool, very cool experience, man. Um, but anyways, that uh, this bill will I don't want to you know speak. It's likely that the bill will pass uh, just because there's so many Democrats. Uh, you know, but uh, uh, you know we're not going to stop there. Now they're introducing another one, making uh, Maine a transgender sanctuary state. So if kids can't you know if parents can't mutilate their kids' genitals. 
and Alabama. They're going to take them to Maine uh, and allow them to do it here. So, you know, this is what I was saying earlier, man, and I'm going to, I'm going to move on from this in a second. But, you know, it's getting to the point, you know, I've been thinking like, man, maybe I should start getting involved more politically. Like, get it, but... <clears throat> When you when you when you get glimpses inside the system, you see how broken and rigged it is. You know what I mean? And it's like, how much can you really do from a grassroots perspective? And then again, it's like nobody's really trying. Like the way I would do it, dude, is these people, these, these politicians, they got no balls. Me, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna knock on a hundred doors a day. I'm gonna knock on a hundred doors a day and rally people. And I'm going to start doing gra- I would start doing grassroots rallies. I would get normal pe- they call them normal normal people together and get people everybody's here's the thing everybody's pissed. Most of you that are listening to me are are upset about the things that are happening. You just you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. I know what to do. So we've got to get everybody organized. It's that simple. If we get the normal people, see the, the, the way that these LGT blah, 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 and these, you know, upper middle class, college educated, pseudo educated white women have been able to push these radical changes. These like, imagine 50 years ago saying, yeah, in 50 years, it's going to be legal to shop your kids, your, your, your 10 year old boys penis off and insert a stinky canal uh, as a vagina. Oh, also, there's going to be men in dresses at the library reading to your kids and twerking. Like there, there's no. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the way that they've been able to make so much progress is they they're highly organized, and they're obviously funded by Soros and the rest of the corrupt, nasty, one world order psychopaths. Um, that helps having the literal arch demons, arch demons of the world on your side. But anyways, we've got Jesus. <laughs> That's you know, you know what's so funny is that Jesus doesn't even fight Satan himself. Michael the archangel ties him up. It's like, yo, handle my light work for me, Michael. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that. It makes me like it fires me up. I'm not Michael the archangel, and just taking a glimpse at him would kill me immediately. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like I think about that, I kind of put myself like mentally when I've got to go to battle for something, I put myself in his shoes. Like, yo, Jesus, like, yo, hey, Michael Russin, go handle my light work for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, how cool is that? Jesus doesn't even fight the devil himself. Michael the Archangel binds him and tosses him into the pit for a thousand years, and then he's released, and then he's completely vanquished. Um, which is interesting. I can't wait to figure out. Why God, you know, because if you read the end times, I believe we're pre-trib rapture. So like rapture, pre-tribulation, uh, and then a uh, thousand years of peace. So so if you don't know much about eschatology, which is the study of end times, th- th- these are my beliefs, okay? Uh, and you, I just, I go off of what's in scripture. So and there's, but again, this is, I could be completely wrong about the pre-trib, post-trib rapture, but I, I'm more pre-trib, right? So, Jesus comes back. This is the order of events. Jesus comes back, okay? He meets the saints in the air. So, basically, what's interesting is we think when we die, we either go to heaven or hell. I don't believe that's the case right away. 
when we die, we essentially hibernate, right? We sleep because it says that God, Jesus, when he returns, will first raise the dead, the souls of the dead, and then the living, he'll catch up into the air with him. So we're going to meet Jesus in the air, whether that actually means the sky or a different dimension, who knows? You know, our puny little human walnut brains, right? Who knows? <laughs> but anyways, it says that that's when the dead souls will be taken up. So to me, that means, I don't know if the dead are in limbo. I don't know if they're sleeping. I don't know what it is. Hibernating. But I don't think when you die, like people think you die, you go right to judgment right away. That's not, that's not what happens. That's not what happens is... It's not what it says in the Bible. It says that there is one judgment day for everybody, all at once. Right? So <clears throat> Jesus comes back, says it's going to be like a flash of lightning, like a, a bolt of lightning is in the east and hits the west. That's going to be like the second coming. There's going to be a, tr a trumpet and boom, Jesus raises the dead first and then the living meet him and the dead in the air. And we're all caught up, I would assume, to heaven, right? Well, then the tribulation starts. The seals and the bowls from the books uh, of Revelation, the horsemen. I think it's horsemen, seals, bull, or bowls. I could be I, I could be on it. It doesn't matter. Go read Revelation. I don't spend a whole lot of time in end times eschatology because I've seen people get so caught up in that and obsessed with it. You know, like the left behind thing that they that becomes all consuming. So I, I kind of approach it at it. And plus, we don't have a clue about what's going to happen. You know what I mean? All these people sitting around postulating and arguing about pre-trip, post-trip. Are we in the millennia yet? You know, all this other stuff. I don't think it matters. I mean, it's it's it matters in, in the sense of being prepared, right? Because you want Jesus to come back and you're caught with your pants down. You know what I mean? And that's what I think. Like, whenever I want to do something I shouldn't be doing, you know what I mean? I think, like, what if Jesus came back right now? And yes, I'm safe, so I'm going to get caught up, but... What if I'm doing something naughty? <laughs> you know, and it, that could be anything. You know what I mean? But anyways. Uh, so Jesus comes back, catches us up in the air. We meet our dead relatives, dead everybody that's ever died, that believed in God. Uh, and then, like I said, the, the bulls, the seals, the four horsemen. I mean, pretty much a, a huge portion of the earth is leveled. You know, you have the two witnesses, which is kind of a cool story. Um if you read about the two witnesses in the book of Revelation, super interesting stuff. Um, you know, at first there's, you know, basically there's, you've got, uh, from what I understand, there's going to be a, a world leader who's basically co-signed by Satan himself. That's going to deceive the whole world, right? He's going to bring, he's going to bring temporary peace. You know, he's going to make people feel, uh, you know, at ease, he's gonna perform. He's gonna receive some kind of horrible head injury. Is gonna happen to him, and he's gonna live. Uh, people are gonna be blown away. But there, there's so much that happens. But anyways, uh, at the end of the tribulation, Jesus, there's a huge battle. Uh, obviously, we win, uh, and Satan is bound up and tossed into into hell for a thousand years with everybody else all the demons and all that. And then at the end of a thousand years, he's loosed again. And there's a huge battle where he's finally completely wiped out. 
and forever. So I just, I again, going back, I've been yapping for a while about this, but going back, I wonder what, so just read Revelation yourself. And this is, again, this is covered sometimes, uh, I believe, in Daniel, Ezekiel, a lot of, a lot of uh, different places in the Bible touch on end times, but Revelation obviously is, and it's not Revelations, it's Revelation, um, is the book where you can read the most comprehensive account of the vision of John regarding this. So anyways, um, interesting stuff. But the point of all that, I guess, was to say, why does God let him go after a thousand years? You know, what's, what's, I, I just, I'm so interested to know, you know, I've got a lot of questions and I don't know if we're going to receive the knowledge immediately when we get our new bodies and our souls are regenerated. And I don't know if I'm going to be like, be able to just like sit down on a, on a park bench in heaven with God be like, Hey man, so it's, What's going on with the thousand years and letting them out again? What's your purposes behind that? Yeah, I'm not questioning you, obviously. I just want to know. I'm curious. A lot of different questions I have. A lot of different questions I have. You know, is the is the doctrine of election the way things actually happen? Is this lady going to go? Come on now, Skippy. There you go. There you go. Letting this guy out. Uh, a lot of different questions. I'm very interested to see. You know, let's let's talk about that. What questions would I ask God? When you created Adam and Eve and the heavens and the earth, did you know that there was going to be... Obviously, the answer to that question is yes, because he's omniscient. So, like... Okay, if you created us, Adam and Eve in the garden and, and heaven and earth, you knew we were going to rebel. Why? You know what I mean? Why did you create... Or why did you even... Why did you create us with, with, with that option? And, and, and all I can think of is it just brings God more glory to overcome our fallen nature. Because to think about it, like if God were to create us like exactly like him, wouldn't we also be God? You know what I mean? Like we have to have a fault. It's even the angels. Look at Satan was an angel. He was an angel and a bunch of other angels became demons. So we know that the angels aren't perfect because they can make mistakes. We're certainly not perfect. So the only thing I can think of now is that it brings God, in, instead of creating some just automated robot that, yes, 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 does good, maybe it brings him more glory, number one, to punish wicked people, but also to save people. You know, because I don't believe in free will. That's a, I think that's a secular idea that people latch onto uh, in, in, in the place of ego. You know, I don't believe that we have free will. I believe in the doctrine of election that we were created either as to be saved or to be lost. And people are like, well, that's not very fair. Well, you know, it's, it's Romans 9, the potter. You know, who is the clay to say to its maker? Well, you made me as a vessel for refuse and waste. And you made that vase over there as a vase. You made that clay over there into a beautiful vase that holds flowers. You know, who are you to ask the maker? You know what I mean? You little worm. Uh, so, you know, that would be my first question. Is, is that why? Did you, to bring you more glory? Which, that's fine. If that's the case, I just want to know. This, you know, the other question would be the thousand years. Why... Let Satan do his thing for... And some people believe we are in the thousand years right now. Uh, well, Earth, which it doesn't make any sense. i got to understand that. A little pre-millennial, post-millennial. Um, 
that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, but anyways, you know, I would ask him, why, why are you going to let this dude go after a thousand years? Um, there are a lot of little things I would ask. I got to come up with a list. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have my little notepad when I sit down with the creator of the universe. Um, let me get to uh, page four here. <laughs> You know, uh, I, I assume we'll probably get all the knowledge of everything right away. You know, I feel like um, our mind and consciousness is going to be... I feel like the, the whole getting a regenerated body and, and mind and soul and all that is going to be so much cooler than what we could possibly even imagine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like our consciousness is going to be expanded. I, I, I believe that we're going to become higher dimensional beings. Like, we're 3D right now. I believe we're going to go like 5 or 6D which is incomprehensible to us. You know, I believe we're going to become a, we're going to live on a higher dimension. I think that heaven, like I think angels and demons are like 4D creatures that we can't detect. They can manifest themselves in certain ways that are detectable to us. There, I came across a really good TikTok illustration the other day about 3D and 4D. I've got to find it. This lady basically, you know, she drew a 2D guy on a piece of paper with a hat and then put like an actual styrofoam object on his head that made him, you know, the object's 3D because he's 2D because he's flat on a piece of paper. And like, she did something where you, we can, we can almost sense things in our dimension that happen in the fourth dimension, but they show up as regular occurrences. I got to find it. It's very, it was it's nearly impossible for me to describe because, I mean, when she did this, many people in the comments didn't understand what was going on. I've got more of a, I've got more of a predisposition for being scientific. You know, I was chemist, chemistry and physics. I was the only kid in New York State for a long time to get 100% on the chemistry uh, standardized exam. I've always been very good with science. I read quantum string, uh, quantum uh, theory, covariant loop theory for fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, I find that stuff highly interesting. But anyways, um, you know, I feel like we're going to be given a higher dimensional, uh, not only physical form, but consciousness and awareness as well. So I think that's going to bring about, but the, the cool thing about God is this, God is infinite and you can't quantify or put infinite in a box, right? So I believe that when we're regenerated, we're going to receive a higher level of interdimensional awareness and consciousness. But because God's infinite, there's always going to be something new to discover. How cool is that, man? Like brings tears to my eyes. The beauty of God you know, we're, we're going to be able to always be learning about him. I think that we're always going to be surprised by him. I think that we're always, there's, but like, we're just going to learn more and more in our understanding of him when we're caught up to heaven with him and we're regenerated is going to just every second, it's just going to get better. And I can only imagine that heaven is just every, cause I don't think there's going to be complacency in heaven. I don't think that things are going to be static and level in heaven. I think that those are earthly things. Complacency, boredom. I don't think we're ever going to be bored in heaven. So that tells me that things are probably just always going to be in a constant state of improvement. 
as if that's possible. It's like perfect getting more perfect constantly, endlessly forever. God is like an equation that just runs and runs and runs and runs. And it's like if I do 10 times 10 times 10 times 10 times 10, like there's no, it doesn't ever stop. You know what I'm saying? It's just bigger and 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 bigger. Maybe it'll happen like, you know, 10 divided by, you know, it's just, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be super cool. And these, you know, you should, you should think about these things sometimes, you know? It's okay to think about and imagine. I think God, I think I get like a warm feeling. You know, it's almost like, uh, you know, if I drove truck for a living and I had a little boy or a little girl and she's, you know, the little boy's sitting down. I do have a little girl. What's up, Beta? So I hope someday you get to listen to all these. Uh, my little angel. But, uh, you know, I could just only, it's kind of like if I, if I drove truck and I had a little boy and I came home and he was playing with a toy truck on the floor. You know, try to imagine what it's like to drive this giant machine. Like, I imagine that's how God looks at us, trying to imagine what's in store for us. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure it makes them smile. You know, what's really cool is there is there is a scripture, Song of Solomon, and a couple other places that supports that when we think about God, in other words, we, you know, in a way of saying we turn our face to Him, it says that when we turn our face to God, his heart skips a beat. <laughs> it's kind of, it's like making me emotional because it, uh, it makes me think of my daughter in the morning. When I go to get Ada in the morning, every morning she gives me a smile. I say in the same voice every morning, I go, hello, hello, darling. Hello, honey. And she gets this big smile that presses her eyes shut and it it's just, it's the most beautiful thing. Uh, there's no comparison to the feeling, man. Makes I'm crying like a baby right now thinking about it. Um, there's nothing that compares to that feeling. It absolutely, it doesn't matter what kind of a mood I was in when I woke up. Uh, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. It doesn't matter how I slept. Today, it didn't matter how I spilled, my wife's going to hear this and flip out, spilled nearly a whole bottle of milk and had to unfreeze some and, and stub my toe and spilled coffee all over the place. And then the machine, the grinder wasn't working. None of that matters. But anyways, you know, just how my heart feels when I see my daughter uh, smile at me in the morning is how God feels when we look at him. You know, so if you're a parent, which some of you are, and you're listening to this, just remember that God's heart, like ours, skips a beat. When that little girl or little boy looks at us, that's how God feels about us. And I know I'm usually wrath and judgment just because of the wicked nature of the world that we live in and all the things going on. But every once in a while, you know, like I was saying before, it's really cool to stop and think and reflect on the beauty of God and play around the idea with the idea of what heaven's going to look like. You know, we're going to, we're all going to be living in our dad's house. You know, he said, he's, I've got a room prepared for you. And I can only imagine what our room is going to look like. Like imagine the coolest house on earth ever. 
and multiply that by infinity. That's just going to be our room. You know, a lot of people say, oh, he's got a mansion prepared for me. I, you know, I read in the text that says he's got a room prepared for us in his mansion. I want to live with my dad. You know, that's what our pastor said this Sunday. He's like, I want to live with my dad, my heavenly father. Remember, he's your father. You know, Abba Father literally means daddy. Like, daddy, dad, you know, and uh, God wants to have a relationship with you. God wants, and I, I don't talk about this stuff a lot because there's so much preaching out there that's all about how what's in it for me and I want to feel good and what can God do for me, but I, I think I bring enough fire and brimstone to balance this one message out that, you know, God's your, he's your daddy. You know what I mean? And some of you have a great relationship with your father. Multiply that by infinity. And that's, that's how God feels for you. And some of you don't have a relationship with your dad or didn't have a dad other than just a sperm donor, you know? And, uh, you know, you have a heavenly father that loves you and cares for you so deeply. And this is why now, now when I sin and I make mistakes, yeah, I, I obviously I fear judgment, and uh, there's an element of fear. And but recently, it's been more like, man, I made my dad disappointed. I, I upset my dad. I made my dad sad. Yeah, just as a as a moment of vulnerability with you guys, and you know, you might listen to this someday, and I don't mean this in a negative way at all, but. My dad is like one of the coolest people alive. My dad is amazing. My dad is awesome. My dad has done so much for us. He sacrificed. He worked in a furnace. You know, my mom was just telling me the other day, you know, my mom used to be at home alone with me. You know, here I am at home every single day with Ada. You know, my mom was home alone with me for 14 hours a day, uh, sometimes 16 because my dad was stuck in city traffic. And he'd get home and he might have an hour before he's got to go to sleep and get back up at 3 a.m. And, you know, my mom, when we moved from Nashua, New Hampshire to New York, you know, he sent my mom first. And she was alone with me and Jeremiah, two kids. These people complaining, you know what I'm saying? And my mom never complained. She was alone out here, well, out there in New York with two kids. Uh, alone. Got stuff to do today. I can't be sitting here. Why aren't they letting us go? What about us? <sighs> um. But you know, she was alone, and my dad would go. You know, was out in New Hampshire tying tying things up and working and sending. You know, putting money in the bank account. My parents were incredible. You know, my parents were awesome. Are awesome. Amazing. But, you know, my dad was, uh, when we were kids, was, you know, tough love. He's a tough love guy. That's how he was raised. You know, they're, and uh, all I ever wanted to do was make my dad proud. I just wanted to hear, which I did every once in a while, you know, but the good job, the I'm proud of you, you know what I mean? And to this day, I still yearn for that. You know what I mean? And and so that's magnified when I think about my relationship with our heavenly father. I just want to make our dad proud. You know what I mean? I want to make our dad proud. I want to make him proud of me. So when I make a mistake, 
it weighs so heavily on my heart now. It crushes me. It crushes me because all I could have just, I just imagine, you know, just disappointing him. And it, 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 it's just, you know, when you get closer to God, it becomes more like that. It becomes less, when you know that you're truly saved, it becomes much less a uh, fire and brimstone, which is still very much a, we never want to lose that fear. I think it's healthy to have a little bit of that because I think if you go too far into uh, grace and he's going to forgive me for anything and you start doing whatever you want, I question whether or not you're actually saved. So I think there should be a, a healthy fear of the fire and brimstone. Like I know my dad's not going to beat me for no reason, but if I, if I really screw up, I'm going to get spanked. You know, it's like that. I'm not walking around the house like wincing because I think my dad's going to snap out and beat my ass. You know what I mean? But if I really screw up, you know, I say something disrespectful to my mom or I lie. Yeah, I'm going to get the belt. But I'm not walking around afraid of that. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same thing with God. I'm more so I don't want to upset him. You know, what What weighs on me more than anything, you know... Uh, during COVID, I kind of snapped out, and a lot of you know about this, and I had a, a little run-in with the law, and uh, I snapped out on everybody. I snapped out on my wife. I snapped out on my parents. I snapped out on my leader and my mentor at the time. I I literally went I, I literally went all on my brother. I literally snapped out on everybody that loved and cared about me and uh, you know, was just in a really bad spot mentally. I hated where I was at with my career. I was having a massive amount of success, but I was lying to myself every day. I was pretending to be somebody I wasn't. What is going on in Portland today? This is crazy. It's just everything's torn up. Construction everywhere. Homeless people. I hate coming into the city. Liberals, you ruin everything you touch. Demons, and they love it. They love living in their nasty filth because they're demon-possessed. But anyways, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. And what weighs on me more than anything else is how that affected my dad. You know, my mom too, but my dad, you know, uh, that weighs on me more than anything else. So, all that goes to say is that when you get close to your heavenly father, um, it becomes much less about the fear of the spanking and more about the fear of disappointing him, you know? Um, but anyways, I'll, whatever, we're, 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 my estrogen must be high right now. I got to take a blocker when I get home. <laughs> but, uh, I just want to encourage everybody, man, to have, you know, think about Think about the fun things, you know, think about how you're going to spend time with your dad when we get to heaven. Think about all the lost, you know, the dead relatives you're going to see too. You know, that's fun to think about. It's not, I guess, fun's the, oh, my dead relatives, we, <laughs> that's, that should be like relieving for some of you that you're going to see them again, assuming they were saved. Um, uh, man, so many cool things to think about. So I realize, I guess I'm telling myself, I've got to spend more time in reflection about these things because um, it's it's very easy to just focus so much on all the negative, wrong things that are going on and uh, lose sight of the fact that one day we will be caught up uh, and brought to heaven 
with our Heavenly Father where there won't be any tears or pain or... And think about any negative emotion. I'm, I'm, I'm most... Ex- Whoops. <laughs> Watch that part, John. Uh, I'm most excited to not be anxious. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've dealt with anxiety my whole life, as I'm sure many of you have. And uh, I am so excited to not be anxious about anything. That's... That's, I cannot wait to the, till the relief uh, of that being anxiety-free. Because you know, we will. We won't feel any negative emotion. I'm just so excited for that. Federal Protective Service Police. Oh, that guy's been following me for a little bit. <laughs> what I say on social media. <laughs> All right. I love you guys. I just pulled in. I'm going to go get a haircut. I'm doing some filming for our staffing company. Uh, I'm going to try to squeeze the gym in. Either, I mean, I'm going to hit the gym either way. I'm going to try, try to squeeze the gym in before I run overview. And uh, All right. Love you guys. Let's get it. Have a great day. Peace.